Hello, it's Juliana Sauber, Defy Gravity Freedom Productions. How are you today? I am really excited to bring you this conversation. It was a very impromptu conversation, so I apologize for the audio quality on the recording, the dogs barking in the background, and maybe a gap or two. It was such a good conversation between myself and Jerry Lynn Fabian, who you can find on Facebook under Evelisa underscore in constant flow. Jerry Lynn and I have connected doing, uh, well, the universe connected us in doing the work, uh, communicating our, our breakthroughs and our journeys and the wonderful, amazing things that we've learned and experienced through life and our passion to share that with other people. So out of that, we are developing a talk show and we will be bringing you much more uh, lessons and information and wisdom and people who are also doing this work to find their souls and their soul's purpose and why we're here and their confidence and their center and uh, all of the individual pieces of what is this amazing journey we call life. And today's conversation, we we narrowed it down to an idea that there are outdated and obsolete beliefs that no longer serve our spirit. And the overarching message is that wherever you are, it's okay and you're not alone. She and I didn't know each other when we embarked on our individual journeys. And as we've compared them, the journeys had different steps, but the the result to date is a very similar space in that we, we left the the um the places that were not serving us and found our true spirit and our connection with divinity and in doing so um it was hard because we were stepping away from what is considered okay and normal and acceptable and in doing so we we found okay and acceptable and and um normal for ourselves based on our own spirit and we love to share this with people where we hope that this will resonate with you and maybe plant a few seeds that will germinate into growth within your own journey on your own path so i hope that you find this conversation helpful and encouraging and to know that you are not alone that we are all of us on a journey sort of walking parallel paths with each other and hope that we can intersect and be guides and helpers for each other. So I hope you enjoy this. Have an amazing and blessed day. Um, okay. So the, the, the interesting okay. thing about perspective on the, on the idea of sifting is that I know that my um, leaving the formality of church and the uh, ritual of church, right? And, and what I felt to be constriction of attending um, a structured church is that mm-hmm. I then have a better, clearer, stronger, more loving connection to divinity um, and much more clarity about my life, about my purpose, about who I am, more strength in myself, more uh, all of the above, right? So more confidence, um, more more sense of self-worth. All of the things I attempted to get through, through, it, mm, through, um, through mentally connecting with words in a book, um, but it needed, I needed that, I needed to go backwards. So for me, I needed it to be like, let me experience this. Now let me understand it in context of what scripture had to say versus the other way. Scripture says this. Now let me figure out how to integrate it. That wasn't working. There was always this disconnect. Yeah. I agree. One of the things that I have found in my own Topics in the Bible, mm. and especially if you grew up in church, 
you find yourself having a certain understanding of something in scripture based on something that the pastor said, not having read it yourself. Yeah. And then you go and you read it for yourself and you find it's completely different from what you've been taught. Yeah. And a lot of spirituality actually emerges from those very same texts. And recently, for example, I was speaking, I don't know if you know the story about Naaman the leper. And um, growing up in church, there was, you know, I've, I've heard so many sermons on this story about Naaman the leper. Naaman had leprosy, and he went to the prophet, and the prophet told him that he needed to go dip in, um, in the Jordan River seven times. And many times the emphasis was on the number seven, you know. I mm -hmm. grew up in the church, and the number seven was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> because we worship on the seventh day. And, and there is some significance to numbers, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people realize the, the significance of the um, vibration that mm. numbers carry. Yeah. But, but um, um, the emphasis was on the number seven and the fact that no matter what God says, you need to do it, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. And, you know, you... Those things are cemented in your brains without even having a rational. It almost makes God seem arbitrary. And then I go back and I read the story and I'm looking at, you know, the fact that, yes, the prophet told him to go dip in the water. But life also teaches you. Back home in my country, there is a sulfur spring. And I remember the last time that I went there, there was a sign at the entrance of the sulfur spring saying the water is not dirty. <laughs> oh, the water is not dirty, but the sulfur gives it a certain odor, mm -hmm. and it appears as if it's dirty, but it's actually healing. And I right. experienced that healing, having gone to the sulfur spring with a very, very bad back pain, and spending an hour there and coming out and feeling completely different. Right. And instantly, I thought, oh my goodness, probably it had nothing to do with just obeying an arbitrary God, but that there was something in the water mm. that was healing and he was sent to go dip in there. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's the other thing that I've experienced. You, you get away from the general commentary and you allow your spirit to actually speak to you and guide you. And then things seem to make even more sense, you know? Yeah. You, you know when it's time to move or deviate from something that seems to be just about structure and rules mm. as opposed to the deeper meaning that's there actually waiting to be discovered. Yeah, yeah. So that's a discovery that I made. My, but you're so correct, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, my own experience was one that I was experiencing all of these very mystical and very... Um, what I thought were beautiful experiences. And um, I wanted everyone to share in that. And the one person I said mm -hmm. something to started praying over me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I know what that is about. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, this is not a group I can talk to. And, you know, when I witnessed Archangel mm -hmm. Michael wrapping his wings around my son, just to to let me know that he was well taken care of and protected as he as he traveled through this journey he was on um i was so excited about that it was easter service and i was super excited and that was the experience i had and i looked around and i thought well i can't even tell them that because again they're going to you know, know. <laughs> i'm already the weirdo that won't eat donuts on a sunday morning and is advocating for peas instead of bread for, you know, communion. So, you know, <laughs> so I, I didn't feel like I was safe in, uh, in sharing all of those things. So I found, um, and I think church, I think church is about community. Um, oh, yeah. And there is a lot to be said about community, but there's also a lot to be said about authentic community. And I yes, didn't have authentic community in either of the church situations that I embedded myself into. I spent about six years at one and four years at mm -hmm. another. And I am, tried to embed myself into that world. And I just always felt like, you know, and I've, I've, I've judged myself and tasked myself. Like, how come I don't, 
I must be the problem. <laughs> is what it always was. And I'm not saying that those environments were wrong. I definitely had my things, but um Oh no. It wasn't my I think my spirit, my higher self was like this isn't where you belong. <laughs> you know? Um and it and, just kept getting And do you find that at one point it really it did serve a purpose at some point? Yes. It's just as you can and it's almost you're being told, okay, this no longer serves you. Now yeah. something better. Not even better would suggest that this no longer serves you. Right. Um it it and the other thing, uh, the other thought that came to mind was the fact that as you expand, one of the things that, one of the observations that I also realized is that, you know, just one religion, many religions, um, they sell the idea of exclusivity. Right. So, you know, we have the truth and these people do not. And if you want to mm. be safe, you need to be that type of thing and and what i found is that as a result it it, it actually produces a spirit of pride mm. unless ego the ego tends to take over yeah and when i stepped away from that you know you talk about community what i discovered was mind-blowing because having grown up in a place where and 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 the religion that I grew up in, I went to the elementary school, the high school, the college. <laughs> um, and so most of my friends were of that nature. And having left that, to discover that there were other people from other, not only denominations, but other sects, other um, just different lifestyles that I connected with so easily without having to bring up any anything to do with beliefs. They were just loving people. Yeah. And I connected with them because our hearts were in the right place. It had nothing to do with us feeling like we had, quote, unquote, the truth, you know? Right. It had nothing to do with us feeling, um, quote, unquote, special. Right. Or more special than anybody else. Yeah. But it's just recognizing that, we are all one. I think that's the biggest thing that you lose is recognizing that really at our core, we all share the same spirit. We're all one, yeah. you know? And, and that has been the biggest, biggest experience for me. And I have grown so much as a result, just looking forward to not, not even, how can I say this? I don't go out saying I'm going to meet somebody today. Sometimes I have a feeling that I have an extraordinary experience, but just moving with life, knowing that I'm always protected, I'm always being guided, I'm always being led, and mm. that no matter who I come in contact with, that is all for good. Yeah. And so there is less of a sense to try and guard myself and protect myself because I'm already protected. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and I've had so many experiences that some people might even call crazy, you know, <laughs> where only at the end of it would you realize, like, if, if you were watching this experience as a movie, you'd have to wait until the end to realize there really was nothing to worry about. Right. But going through the process, I knew I was safe. I knew everything was going to be okay. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it's a fulfilling, it's a beautiful experience when you just release resistance when you just allow life to happen and when you can go with the flow in the process it's beautiful yeah it's really beautiful it, it, i've been in, i've been comparing some of my what i learned in the and i didn't grow up in a church i had about 10 years um and um and some of what i have experienced and learned and been given from my you know my spirit walk if you will over the last 5 years um, you know, the idea that, um, you know, there's good and evil, this is, you know, we're, we're taught there's good and evil, which by definition brings up fear, right? You're under attack. Yes. The devil's always attacking me. Yes. And, um, in the middle of my, in the middle of my journey or actually towards the beginning of it, I had a shamanic practitioner who used to be, um, an ordained minister 
who said to me, there is no true, true light and dark. He said, you know, there's nothing coming to attack you. Um, there are, there are entities that we, we are experiencing that have agendas that may or may not be to our liking, but they aren't necessarily attacking you. Um, so that was an interesting perspective. And then the latest perspective, which I think is, it resonates with my heart and it feels true. And it's as we're moving into fifth dimension is there's no polarity. There's no there's no good and evil, light and dark, et cetera, et cetera, that we, everything is a shade of light. Uh, and so I have this exactly. vision of like, everybody has the same spark of light, but some people have a shade over it because they're carrying different spirits uh, or different places in their spirit walk. Um, it, in the middle of that, I had this really interesting thing that helped me is I was listening to a guy talk about, um, it's called the Rodden Ring. It's a series that this guy did a, a, a seminar. And he's an anthropologist who studied uh, Jesus Christ going back, like back and back and back. So he he looked at like Jesus Christ prior to the um, prior to Emperor Constantine and the church councils was this man with short curly hair. Um, and he carried a rod, almost like a Harry Potter wand and a ring, which symbolized basically some, you know, the, 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 the energetic magical forces that we all have access to. And then there was a decision to make this Jesus Christ, the, the artistic character, this long haired person with a beard, wearing a robe and sandals and not carrying a, 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 a wand and a ring. And one thing he said to me in the midst of, it was like an eight hour seminar. So it was very lengthy. And the one thing that resonated with me that helped me so greatly in the midst of that was, he said, Jesus was the man who came to teach us truth as a, a prophet, if you will. And he, he learned how to ascend when he was here with the help of Mary Magdalene. And then after he ascended, the energy of Christ crystalline energy was given to every person and that energy and so I thought about it in context of what did Jesus teach Jesus taught us love compassion healing light energy you know inclusion um you know just this very heart centered and Jesus wasn't afraid of anything there was nothing to fear do not fear is in the bible how many times so I immediately, as I embedded that and I took it in and I allowed it to infuse me, I went, I'm not afraid of any demons. There are no true demons. There are individuals in shades of it's light. Interesting. Exactly. It's interesting how people have different experiences. And again, I'm going back to sometimes the detriment of, of holding on to a particular religion. Um, it's interesting that we may have had different experiences, but we come to the same conclusion. Yeah. So for me, I was still in church at the time. I was still in church. And again, I told you the church that I grew up in, they have a prophet. And I was reading one of her books, and she said something to the effect that people fear an external enemy but the only enemy that exists is in the mind. And I thought to myself, how is it that people, people read this book? And is it, I'm not saying, you know, that I, I, I um, validate her as a prophet or anything, but I do believe that whatever you're searching for, even if something is intended for evil, the light will shine through. Yeah. So when I read that, I said, indirectly, what I'm, what I'm receiving as I'm reading this is that there is no quote-unquote evil. It's what we allow our minds to feed on that causes us to go in one direction or another. Mm. And that was the basis for me actually exploring the relationship between thought and emotion. Yeah. Because I recognized I didn't have to fear anything that existed externally. I had to be more concerned about where I allowed my mind to go, mm. the direction that I allowed my mind to 
flow in was what was of more importance. And um, it's so interesting from then on, once I released that, I had so much fear in the past. I mean, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And a lot of the fear had to do, most of the fear that I had had to do with end time events, mm. the apocalypse, you know, the mark of the beast. And, um, you know, something that people claim supposed to be a glorious appearing, you know, Jesus second coming, I was always fearful. Mm. And I'm like, this cannot be of God. I don't know where it's coming from, but if it has my, and, and the same Bible that everybody uses says there's no fear in love. Yeah. My perfect love passed away all fear. And I couldn't get around that. I said, something is wrong with this. It cannot be me because I've tried everything possible. So it has to be the beliefs that I'm holding on to. The minute I release this nonsense, and I call it nonsense because mm -hmm. it holds you captive and that you cannot live freely, the, min the minute I release that, I experience such relief yeah. to know that no matter what was going on at every stage, that I was always being guided. And it, it caused me now to look at life a little differently um, when, you know, what we call bad things happen. I, my my focus shifted from I did something wrong, so this is happening to me. Right. Or or that I need to go through this because I I subscribe to a certain way of living, so I have to take suffering as a result, which is just you know right. <laughs> but it shifted from that to at every given moment when I experience something to stop and say okay. Since I'm being guided and since I know that I've always been loved, please show me why I am going through this experience. Because I know that everything works for good. Yeah. And there's so much peace. There, at least there's been so much peace in that, in doing so, as opposed to, you know, just that burdensome, fearful state where you're always wondering why and what's next. And, you know, and, and even coming to the idea that you have to go through this because it's your faith, you know, because you, I tell my friends, I tell people all the time, there's so many things in the same book, so many stories in the same book. Somehow people choose to hold on to the ones that don't benefit. If you're going to choose something, choose what's going to be of benefit to you. You know, whatever things are true, honest, just your think on those things. So, um, if everything works for good, why am I going to, why am I going to um, feel comfortable with the idea that I must, I must endure hardship and I must allow myself to go through suffering, right. as as opposed to asking myself why am I going through this and what do I need to do to shift? Yes, you know, it's a different way of seeing things, and in that same and. What I'm saying about the Bible, I could say about the Quran, mm -hmm. and I could say about any other book. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you're searching for, you're going to find. Yeah. But if your intentions are pure, it doesn't matter what path you've been on, right. what path I've been on, we end up on the same, we end up crossing paths at some point, we end up on mm -hmm. the same journey because you realize that at our core, this thing exists inside of us. We always knew that we were good. Yeah. That we didn't need some external source to make us good. Right. We knew this. You know, we have to be taught otherwise for us to to internalize this thing that you know we're bad and we need somebody to make us good. Right. Amen. To this world good. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And um, go ahead. No, I, I, uh, one thing that, um. Two things, actually. When I early on decided to actually stop attending church and start exploring my own internal spirit and what that has to, had to say, um, I recognized that one of the things that I believe is missing from the church experience is practical application. It, it yeah. I felt like, okay, I'm going to teach. You're going to come, you're going to come to church. You're going to go to the nine 30 service. I'm going to lecture at you for 30 minutes. You're going to go have coffee and donuts with your friends. <laughs> and then you're going to go and try to make that happen over the next seven days. And yeah. it, it never, I never, I, I left there going, okay, 
uh, I learned a lot of words. Um, a little bit of it resonated with me, but I still don't know how to put it into place. So that always felt like it was missing. I felt like, I was joking with a friend of mine who, um, actually she still attends that church, but I think she does it because of other reasons. Um, and I said, you know, I feel like we could do the lessons of church in a six week class, <laughs> which seems, you know, you know what I mean? Like, okay, here's the nature of love. Here's the nature of fear. Here's compassion. Okay. Here's how you put this into place. So three weeks of learning, three weeks of going out and doing with other people so you can see how it works. And here's how you do your own internal work. Um, now we'll be here if you need us, but go like go out into the world and spread the light. Um, which, you know, I understand that's not how it's structured, but I always thought that was, um, was really fascinating. Um, and I forgot what the second point was. I got too caught up in that one. That happens. Um, a cousin of mine, a cousin of mine said recently that, you know, we grew up and I don't know if this was your experience, but definitely was how, what he said resonated. We grew up feeling like we were being taught or what we do mm. so it was always this thought process of you have to know what you believe so that when people ask you you can you can share without any fear and you can share without mm. any reservation so that you know people will be convinced and it's sad but it comes up this idea that you know there's this great gospel commission that can go into all the world and teach people and you know make them believers then he said, when experience comes your way, it's almost as if all what you've been taught does not prepare you for life experiences. Right. And, and you know, when he said that, I said, it's interesting because I, my experience has been, it's life experiences that teach us to live, mm. you know? And somehow we skirt over, you know, in, in the building, in the church, you skirt over those issues with, you know, God loves you and everything is going to be okay. Yes, but what are the practical ways, you know? Mm -hmm. If I'm hungry, you'll tell me, go find something to eat. Well, I'm hungry in other ways. My emotions are starving. Um, you know, I need practical skills to get through this life. Mm. What are those, you know, and that's where sometimes people get stuck. Like, oh yeah, come to Jesus, everything will be okay. And then you get in and you're, okay, where's where's it, where, where's the stuff you guys told me is available? You understand? Yeah. And um, like you said, I think sometimes the focus is, is I don't want to say wrong, but there is this expectation that once you step in to this group, that you conform. Right. And so people lack a sense of authenticity mm -hmm. in, and freedom to go through certain experiences and fall and get up and fall. Yeah, we say it. Yeah, we get, you, you know, you fall and you get back up. But what happens when you fall in those environments? Yeah. You know, there are certain things in place to make sure that it doesn't happen again. But those, those protocols that may be put in place doesn't prepare you for the experience and how to deal with it, yeah. you know? And the other um, aspect of that is there's a sense of groupthink mm. that exists. And as a result, anybody who tends to present any form of individuality mm. might face being ostracized as a result. And, and, and <laughs> you know, I get it. It's, <laughs> Me. I get it in a sense because that's what happens in any group. You know, mm -hmm. there are rules, there are dogmas that you follow, there are protocols, and you vow to accept and, and walk by those protocols, which I don't think that's how life is intended to be. Right. You know, um, you know, we're, we're it's interesting, it's ironic. We're talking about religion, and people even in church speak about it in theory, but haven't mastered the way to walk it through. Mm. But the very same Jesus that people speak about had 12 men walking with it. And one of them, Peter, was everything in the book from the very day he walked with him mm -hmm. until even after Jesus was no longer on this earth. And there was no time that Jesus ever reprimanded him. Well, I don't want to say reprimanded him, but made him feel ostracized mm -hmm. or not part of the group or that he needed to do something in that moment. He taught, yeah. 
you taught them, listen, you've been walking with me for some time. You have this power within you. Why are you not, you know? But there was never a, a time when you saw Jesus saying, listen, you can't walk with me no more. You're being a bad example. Yeah. You know, people are looking at me as an example, and you walking with me is going to give a, a wrong message. You know, um, shun the appearance of evil. You know, there was no time that <laughs> Jesus was saying, I need to shun you know, I, I need to not have you walking around me because it's giving a bad impression of what I stand. There was none of that. Right. You know, and what I have found myself is that you really do not need to do. There's been so much emphasis on the teaching and talking aspect in religion. What I have found is quite the opposite. You really don't need to do that much talking. People come and ask you a question, you know. People see you living differently. People see the aura. Mm. I have been told directly. I see an aura on you. No, I don't see auras. I don't either. But this lady, I went to an event and and she stopped me. She said, are you a healer? I said, what do you mean? She said, I could see your aura on you. It is so huge. And I said, wow. I've been told that before, but when she said it, I I could see that she could see. You know, she was just in awe and and when she said that to me i said that's what the bible was talking about let your light shine so mm. that people can see and that's not your intention you're just living life authentically right. and then people come to you and ask you you know people just see this um peaceful disposition the way you speak and yeah. just how you live your life mm-hmm. and even in what i'm saying the things, the, the words that are coming from my mouth right now have been presented in church. Mm-hmm. But I think the perception of what that looks like is where things get skewed because there's a focus on external appearance. Yeah. There's a, the, a focus on, on, you know, you have to speak this way. You have to do it this way for people to see. No, you can be your own individual and people will still see that, that joy coming from you. Mm-hmm. You know? You so can true. live a life that that doesn't look like what everybody else thinks it should like, but everybody still sees that there's something different. About yeah. It, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting that. Yeah, I, I'm getting similar feedback from some people. Um, I was thinking about it. Um, I remembered my second point. I want to throw this out really quick. Is that, um, sorry, my little dog's having a bit of a challenge. Um, so you might hear it in the background. Um, we, for so long, eons, we've thrown out the thought form that um, we are sinners. We have to suffer. We, we have to repent. There's so much we have to work hard for that um, it doesn't, it, 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 until you clear that energetic thought form, which I think is a collective thought form. Um, so there are those of us that pull back from it, but to your point is that you get to the point where you're, um, I'm going to have to let him out, um, where you get to the point that, um, you go, wait a second, first of all, life doesn't have to be hard. He just got noisier. He's like, I want out. Life doesn't have to be hard. We don't have to work hard for it. And as we allow it to flow and learn the lessons of it, then, um, that what I've been taught, you know, as opposed to, it's really a victimhood place to be, to sit there and go through something and say the devil is doing this to me, because you know what, we do this in other areas of our life as well, um, it, it makes it difficult for some people then to accept responsibility for what they are doing that's causing their walk to reflect the way it is. But when you realize it's not some external source doing doing this to me, the devil is not sitting outside next to my ear saying, go this way, go that way. That is my own thoughts that are producing and attracting certain mm-hmm. experiences to me. It's so much more empowering and puts me in a position where I can say at any given moment, I don't like how this is going. I need to do something different to turn this around. I'm not going to sit back here. And there are times to sit. And be still, and you will know when you're being guided to 
Mm -hmm. But it's not something where you're sitting for somebody outside to say, yes, um, you need to do this now, or no, you don't need to do this now. Right. You're walking, and as you're walking, you're being guided and led, and you you know when it makes sense based on the sense of peace that you feel in the moment. Yeah. on the um, ease and flow of how things come together, right. right? And then you get to the point where you realize that really and truly the reason why certain experiences have come your way is because you were holding on to certain resistance, either thought, resistant beliefs. It's interesting mm-hmm. that the very same beliefs that people have held on to, which have produce certain experiences when you release them you find that your walk is completely different from what people you know said it should yeah you know and so sometimes when people say but what what about this i said well you know and i'm very careful about telling people that well you're believing something that's wrong because really serve people at given points even the things that i don't no longer hold to right now at one point, they serve the purpose. Yeah. And so my thing has been to say, well, you may, you may want to explore, ask God, you know, you may want to explore whether certain beliefs that you're holding on to are actually the way that, you know, the higher powers sees it. Mm-hmm. Because it could be that you are holding yourself captive and nobody else is. It's really just the beliefs that you're holding on to. Yeah. You know, and that definitely has been not just my experience. I'm seeing it. I'm so excited that I'm seeing it for so many people around mm-hmm. people in my circle, other people who, man, they're people in therapy for so long. Yeah. And and not realizing that it all it has to do. We speak up even in therapy or in counseling. You're told, you know, that you need to release certain beliefs. But there's a belief within a belief. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. There's a, like I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the sifting. Mm-hmm. You know, you start exploring something different and then the guilt creeps in. Mm-hmm. And the grief, the grief, the, the, sorry, the guilt creeps in because of beliefs that you've been holding on to. And then you start second guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe this is what's going on because, you know, I'm the only one thinking this way and, I must be the one being sifted out. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's very interesting. And now I look back and I, you know, I, I smile, not, I, sometimes I laugh, not in scorn, but to see how it's almost like standing on the outside, looking at a child, trying to do things their own way. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, hello, there's an easier way. And I'm trying to show you, but it's, and finally they get it and you're like it's gonna be so much easier (laughs) (laughs) you know but that's life it is life that's life and generally speaking we've been conditioned to resist change yeah we have been conditioned to resist and the same thing happens in the education system, the same thing happens in the political system, it happens in religion. All the systems that were created keep us in a state of conformity. Um, it's so interesting because um, certain texts take on an entire new meaning because there's a text that I grew up knowing which says, um, don't be conformed to this world. <laughs> Right. That be transformed by renewing your mind. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it says, then you will know what the acceptable and perfect will of God is. And growing up, that text was used to say, you know what? The world is out there. <laughs> yes. The world is out there and you don't need to conform to what's out there. When in fact, every system that's been put into place was put into place to make you conform. Yeah. To make you conform to that system. But when you really start um, renewing your mind and you choose to think outside of the bar, mm-hmm. that's when you're not living according to the world standard. Yeah. You know, that's when you're allowing yourself to be guided. That's when you're allowing yourself to be led because there's no box holding you in. And really and truly, we speak about God, the higher power, the universe, whatever label you put on it. Um, people tend to follow those those paths 
you even look, you look in the Bible or in the Quran, even those people never had a typical journey. Mm-mm. It's never been the the typical. Okay, you go this way, you go. This. It's never been like that. Right. You know, many of them have been led through their dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um. Um. In religion, some people call it um time of Jacob's trouble. I don't know if you've heard that that, mm. that um that explanation. But it's the same thing. The dark night of the soul, time of Jacob Jacob's trouble. Is that time when you really feel like you are separated from your maker. You're separated from your spirit. Right. But it's also that time that leads you to explore. You know, it leads you to see what's beyond the here and the now. It leads you to think. I remember <laughs> saying, I, I, you know, we're recording, so I'm not going to say exactly what I said, but I said there has to be more than this. Yeah. There has to be more than this track. You know, I've been doing this religiously all my life. I've tried my best. There has to be more than this track. Right. And this might seem even rebellious to some people, but it's the best thing that I ever did. I said, I've done it by the book. Yeah. And now I'm going to do my way, and you're going to have to take me off the cliff if I'm going off the cliff. This much I will say, I trust you all to take me off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it was the point where I felt like I was being my most authentic self. Mm. And at that point, as the words left my mouth, I felt a sense of peace. I felt like I had released a lot of resistance. And I started living life and allowing experiences to teach me. And I think there is a fear, especially, for example, with parents. When you talk talk about allowing experience and life to, to teach parents are like well there's no reason for them to have to go down the same path i went through because you know now i know different i can teach them mm-hmm. there really are some lessons that people have to walk on their own yes and come to certain conclusions about it mm-hmm. and and the truth is you may have arrived to some conclusion based on a belief system you may have been holding on to at one point and your child will come across and have a similar experience and come to a completely different conclusion because mm-hmm. their path is different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so this um the the a level of freedom and I don't have children at this time. Um but it's definitely something that I have been thinking about. I have worked with children and um you know there are different types of populations when you come you talk about children and there is some level of I don't want to call it structure, but there is some level of um, discipline that exists um, just to help to protect them. Mm-hmm. And when I say protect them, protect them from themselves, you know, an electricity socket, for example. Yeah. And the same thing goes with life. And then there is a sense of when it gets to the point where it's stressing you out as the person. I think... I think that's an indicator that probably there is too much resistance. Mm-hmm. Probably there is a different way that needs to be looked at things so that they can have their experience and you're not losing your sense of peace in the process. Mm-hmm. You know? So definitely, I think, you know, life is really easier than to make it look. I agree. It it, I agree. <laughs> it's far easier now than it ever has been for me personally. Far easier. Go with the flow is a really good place to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Surfing through life. Yeah. <laughs> when it when it gets hard, at least stopping and asking myself, okay, what's going on here right now? Yeah. That's been the easiest thing for me. The easiest thing is to recognize, okay, clearly I'm thinking something because I I've eradicated the idea of an external force. Mm-hmm. So when things start going haywire, I'm like, okay, clearly, I'm, I'm looking at this differently from how you're looking at this. Can you right. show me what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, this might sound funny. Um, I don't believe in coincidences. And so even the slightest experience that I have, I, you know, I think everything is for a reason. Yeah. So I stubbed yeah. my toe last night. Mm. <laughs> And I said, okay, <laughs> what's the... And it's not to say that, how 
can I say this? It's not to say that if something bad happens, I'm always doing something wrong. I just think it's an experience that causes you to stop and say stop. Right. So I stopped my phone in the moment. I said, okay, what am I thinking right now that's causing this? What am I thinking that's leading me down this path? I was laying on my bed and I and I Googled stomping your toe. <laughs> the meaning behind stomping your toe, and it says, um, you, I think it says something to the extent that you are, um, you're resisting something that you're being guided towards, something to that extent. And I just went to them and I said, okay, show me. And this morning I got up with some huge clarity. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, and I said, man, like simple things like that, just taking everything that happens in life as a teacher. This is our university. Life is our university. Absolutely. You know, and nothing is by chance. Nothing is by chance, you know. Just um, even paying attention to the synchronicities and things that people call coincidences, you know. Um, a friend last night said, you know, we've been having these Zoom calls every week, and a friend said to me, I manifested a butterfly, and I said, what do you mean? Well, she showed me the picture of a, a blow-up balloon, but it was in the shape of a butterfly. Mm-hmm. And she just said, you know, I asked God to see a butterfly. She said, I thought it would come in the form of a purple butterfly actually coming my way. But for Mother's Day, I got a balloon that was a butterfly. Hmm. And just simple things. And she says, you know what? It taught me that the same way I did this, I can do with every other area of my life. Yeah. You know? And and experiences like that, I just relish. Oh, yeah. This is really what life is all about. Absolutely. You know, using every experience as a teaching opportunity. Yeah. Not just looking at something like, huh, that's, that's a coincidence. That's interesting. And then you go along your merry way. No, life is teaching you. Mm-hmm. And there is something to be learned in the moment. If yeah. are ever paying attention, life is always <laughs> It's always presenting us opportunities. I recall one time that's I was... Um, I had been thinking I need to go, I need to do my Reiki level two attunement. So I need to call my Reiki master and yeah, busy, lot going on, hadn't done it. And then that morning I woke up and thought, I really need to call my Reiki master and get a, get a, a session scheduled. And I went to the wellness center I was at at that moment in time and I was in my office and the weather was really nice. So I thought I'm going to step out and get fresh air. And I opened the front door and literally she's standing there. Oh, wow. And I said, what are you doing here? She goes, I don't know. I felt like I needed to drive here. Is this your place? <laughs> I was like, ah, let's do the attunement. So it was, I love those moments of, you know, like this is, yes. we, um, you know, just the, the perception of what abundance is uh, and manifesting. We, um, I had been looking to manifest some additional things and it came in a very unusual form. It, it, you know, and it was okay because I recognized it as that is the abundance that was given to me and I could share that with others. And um, it's just an amazing thing. Just super cool. Uh, and I love that. I love that every moment has, or every event has, um, uh, something for us, a lesson or a growth or an opportunity or, uh, or an expression of love. And, um, one perspective that's been very beneficial for me is that, um, I'm getting away from using the terminology of emotional release. Um, and, um, and the idea that the experience that created that emotion or that thought form was from a from an area that was short on love and and so what we're doing wow. is we're infusing love into the spaces or light or however frequency into the spaces that didn't have enough of that um so we're bringing the love yeah. factor up <laughs> just keep boosting the love factor yeah. up i saw your I saw your post and I actually, I said, I'm going to share it as often as I can as well. Yeah. You know, that picture that yeah. says that love is really that, that energetic field that protects yeah. and surrounds. Yeah. And um, it, it, 
I know you're, you're probably familiar with the emotional guidance scale that shows the emotions and the, the bottom of the scale showing something like despair mm -hmm. or um, despair or depression and moving up from that to a place of, of guilt yeah. and shame and going up the scale. It's so interesting, though, looking at the emotional guidance scale and realizing that one of the lowest emotions that you can experience is guilt and shame. Yeah. And then to realize yeah. that, you know, the system that we've sought to be our our safety haven mm -hmm. has been the very system that's been inflicting most of the guilt and shame that we've experienced. Yeah. Um, and so there is definitely a necessity to step away from that. Um, but what I realized as well is that as you, you speak about moving away from emotional release, and it really isn't a release as it is a reaching for a better feeling. Mm. You know, because when you're trying to release something, you're focusing on the thing that you're trying to release. And by focusing on it, you're actually making it more of what it is. Mm. <laughs> mm. So you never really release it. The only time you release it really is when you say, you know what, I give up or you're no longer focusing on it. Yeah. But when you are aware of that emotion, instead of trying to release, um, a more helpful thing might be to reach, once you become aware of the, the emotional guidance scale, to reach for a better feeling thought. And so for somebody who is depressed, it actually feels much better to go from depression to revenge or anger. And that actually mm. also leads to another topic about what's good and bad. Yeah. Because for some, it gives a sense of understanding to why some people do what they do. Right. And yes, there might be consequences for actions, but in terms of the individual, they're in a more empowering place when they seek revenge mm -hmm. <laughs> than when they're in victim mentality. Yeah. Right? And for that individual, that is the better feeling emotion. Mm -hmm. And then moving from that place to a place of, you know, contentment and neutrality, moving up and up to the emotions because what generally the thought is, yeah, we know we need to love, but some people don't know what love feels like. And a lot of right. people claim that they love is based on conditions. Yeah. And the minute those conditions no longer exist, the love ceases. Right. So people do not have an idea of what love looks like. Yeah. Um, and people have a skewed idea of what relationships and just life in general, um, and, and many times they're based on rules and expectations and all of those factors. But if people would, if people could consider, I don't want to say accept, but consider the possibility that the reason why one may not have experienced love is because they're setting unreasonable expectations on themselves. Yeah. Because to move from a place of shame and guilt to joy does not happen overnight. <laughs> You're going to have other experiences, bless you. You're going to you. have other experiences in the process that will lead you gradually up that ladder. Mm -hmm. When you get to the point where you might start letting go some F-bombs in the process, that's your <laughs> right? sense of freedom. Yeah, I love on that scale where I think it's right above anger is willingness. And, yes. and literally just the, just that step into, I'm willing to learn more. I'm willing to experience something different. Um, I'm willing to be shown or taught or whatever, um, already lifts that up. You know, if someone's in depression yeah. and they're, they live their life on their couch. I'm willing to go out and get some sunshine today. And yeah. so they go out for 10 or 15 minutes and get some sunshine and move around um, and that yeah. willingness has this momentum to it that you, the more you're willing to, the more you do, then you, then that snowball starts to grow and then you move faster up that scale. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, interestingly, there's a phrase I used to say and I got it from church. Um, it, I'm willing to be willing. Yeah. Yep. I'm willing to be willing because there are times when you're not even willing to get up from the couch. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're saying, you know what, I'm going to stay with this thing. I'm willing to be open to an idea yeah. that's going to get me out of this state. Right. You know, and, and, and that really is all that we need because like you said, there's a momentum that goes with that. 
Yeah. There's a momentum and and life responds to mm-hmm. our willingness. Yes. The moment you feel like, even though I I feel like, and I, I want to be careful saying the word I can't because that's something that I'm very intentional about. The words that I allow to come out of my mouth because my my body responds. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. um, but even in that moment, you may be feeling like you can't, but you're willing. You will be sent what you need in that moment to help your willingness to move from the place that it is. Yes. You know, and people have had experiences where the right person just crosses your path. Yeah. You know, you have an experience where, and I've had those experiences as well, and they're beautiful to to have. It's, it's good when you're the receiver, mm-hmm. but it's also a beautiful experience to, to find yourself in the right place, the right time, and see that you were just what somebody needed in that moment. Yeah. Just say one word. You know, to get somebody out of the funk that they were in in that moment, and to see the shift that occurs as a result. Yeah, that to me is one of the things that I live for. I yeah. enjoy it. I really it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It is because um, I, I guess the reason for that is. It's also a sign that you're being guided in the moment, mm-hmm. and sometimes. Even when you're being led, you question, you know, you question at times, you know, you're doing something like, why am I doing this for only to have an experience happen towards the end of the day and you're saying, oh my goodness. And there's somebody that we speak about, we've spoken about her and she shared an experience. I don't know if you've ever come across this one, but I love it. I love it a lot where she was playing around with her music system. After meditation, she was guided to play with her music system, and she discovered rap music. And Mm. so she's listening to rap music, and then the next day she meditates, and the message wasn't to go share, you know, this truth of life to the world. It was to change around the furniture in her house. Yeah. And so she decides to do that, and she goes and she changes the furniture in her house, and the guys who come over to help her to do so, um... They're having their own experience, and one of them says, you know, I'm really loving it here, but I'm planning on moving to such and such. And she says, why would you move? And he says, well, because I'm a rapper, and I don't think I'll make it here. I want to move back. And, you know, this was the opportunity because she's a teacher. Yeah. That was the opportunity for her to teach in the moment. Right. You know, to teach him that you take yourself with you wherever you go, and before you even get up to say you're moving for a different experience, you need to start working on you. Yeah. And I've had those experiences myself, you know, where even in the moment, I'm like, why am I doing this? But you know it's something you're supposed to do. Right. You know? And there are those experiences as well where I realize in hindsight, oh, yeah, that was my spirit guiding. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I had one, as a matter of fact. There's somebody... Um, that I'm very close to, and the person in her life was not doing well. You know, she has someone in her life that she's not connected to at this time. And out of the blue, I say out of the blue, or out of the oblivion, yeah. I had this thought that she needed to contact the person. And she was resistant to it. And a friend of mine who knew the indiv- knew the individual, had met the individual, but not spoken to this person in three years, called me and said, hey, I had a random thought about this person. How is he doing? And I said, it's interesting. Wow. Last week, I had this thought that, you know, she needed to reach out. But just yesterday, we got confirmation that around the same time I had that thought, the individual was at the hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah. And again, you know, I was saying to my friend, it's not even, nobody wants to receive confirmation that, yeah, I could Right. That's not what it is. But you recognize even something as simple as that, you were being guided in the moment, you know. And I, I, I realize there's so many times when we are oblivious and we're not mindful that we're being guided because we're looking for the big pie in the sky. Right. We consider the big things. I've been saying, I've been saying for the last few weeks, drinking water to be your path 
to getting all that money that you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, drinking yeah. water, going for a walk might be that path that leads you to the right person that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, because it first of all it clears your mind mm-hmm. so that you can receive you you can have priority to know what's the next step that I need to take. You know? Mm-hmm. But Many times we're so focused on the big things that we miss the simple things that we're being guided to in the moment. The simple Very true. steps that we need to take in the moment. Very true. Yeah. Absolutely. That. <laughs> that's incredible. I think that's a yeah. that's great insight. 